Hey there, it's Therapist Tierra, and I'm so glad you're here. Listen, last week I touched a teeny tad bit on boundaries, and I talked a little bit about toddlers and boundaries and things along those lines. I wanted to just go a little bit deeper in this section. Um, I'm going to touch on it, okay? So I want us to think about what it looks like for an untainted toddler to set a boundary. So when it comes to untainted toddlers, think about it as if a toddler is saying no to hugging Grandpa Joe, who God bless his soul reeks of chewing tobacco. It's okay that the toddler is saying no. Respect that child's boundaries. You want to know why? It's because that toddler is learning in the early stages, learning how to respond appropriately to their internal alarm system. You know, the internal alarm system that says this person is safe versus this person is not safe. It's when the parent says, go on and hug such and such right now, get over there, where confusion sets in within the child, especially if that person is not safe. You see, most children enter the earth with a system of communication. Sure they do, (laughs) y'all. When they're hungry, they cry. When they need to be changed, they cry. When they're gassy, they squirm and cry. They're saying, I'm uncomfortable help, please. But what happens when a baby's cry isn't heard and when their boundaries aren't respected? Well, one researcher, Bruce Perry, said when a baby is repeatedly left to cry alone, the child will grow up with an overactive adrenaline system. So the child will display an increased level of aggression, impulsive behavior, and potentially violence later on in life. Now, this isn't the have-all, be-all. That's why I say potentially. The child may potentially experience that when they are left to find their own boundaries or, or soothe themselves all of the time or the majority of the time. What does it look like when that transitions into adulthood? Boundaries within oneself not being respected. Well, hang around. We're going to talk about it. does this have to do with emotional abuse from a person who has narcissistic personality disorder? (laughs) A lot. You see, there's a certain type of person who attracts individuals who are emotionally abusive or even diagnosed with MPD. Again, not all of the time, but there are some similarities with these relationships. That type of person in some instances Emphasis on the word some instances is what is called codependent. In my book, I Need to Talk But Not to a Therapist, I touch on the evolution of a codependent person. Licensed social worker, Sharon Martin, she says codependent traits serve a purpose in childhood. They help us with scary, confusing, and unpredictable family lives but they cause us problems as we approach adulthood. Codependency gets in the way of having happy, healthy 
relationships. But what does it mean to be codependent? Well, I could totally give you the book definition, but I'm not. (laughs) Why? Because I found that in leading groups, when I define something, people tend to throw it over their shoulder like salt in an old wives' tale. I like to give any information in a way that people can actually receive it, understand it, and conceptualize it. So if you want to know if you're codependent or not, then here goes. Well, if that's ever been a question in your mind, or if you're listening and hearing the word codependent for the first time, and you're like, could I be? Then I encourage you to answer these next nine questions with a simple yes or a no. Question number one. Do you feel like you give more in your relationships than other people? Here's an example. You're always the one helping others. You're always the one sewing into other people or supporting others. Question number two, do you have a hard time saying no? Three, do you avoid conflict so that you can keep the peace? Number four, are you a people pleaser? Number five, Do you oftentimes feel like you're being taken advantage of or being taken for granted? Number six, is or has your partner ever struggled with an addiction, an illness, a mental illness, or even just constant plain out drama? Number seven, Does that partner's needs make you feel valued or wanted or like you're doing something? Number eight, do you struggle with making a decision without the input from your partner? Number nine, are you hesitant to say no to your partner? If you answered yes to the majority of these questions, then you just might be codependent. But hear my heart. It's not outside of the norm for someone who answered yes to the majority of these questions to have grown up in a toxic household. Or even in adulthood, to have gotten entangled with someone who's emotionally abusive or even narcissistic. Y'all, there's so much grace. And please know, once you're aware then you can get support. So there's this really, really good book called Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. It's a great read. (laughs) And if you're a part of the truck driver population that has been listening, thank you. Guess what? Codependent No More is also available on Audible. All right, see you soon. Babe, babe, wake up, wake up. What? Huh? What's going on? 
Ben, you realize it took me like five times to get you up? You were shaking, and you kept repeating the same phrase over and over again. Babe, it's nothing. Let's just go back to sleep. <laughs> I ain't gonna be doing this again. Now, this is the third time that I had to wake you up over the night. Your fists were clenched, you were shaking, and don't be telling me, oh, it's just a nightmare, or, you know, this ain't nothing major. <sighs> I think this is something to this. And, babe, for real, I think you need to talk to someone. I'm good. I'm strong. I've got this. I told you that. It happened in the past, and I'm over it. Now, I know you're trying to be that strong, independent woman, and you are strong, babe. You are definitely strong. But for a girl, this ain't the time. Obviously, you don't have it under control, and it's getting worse. I'm not talking to a therapist. I understand that, babe. And I'm not pressuring you to talk to a therapist. But what I would like you to do is get some level of support. And if you're okay, there's this book that I think would be really helpful. It's called I Need to Talk, But Not to a Therapist. How do you feel about that, baby? Well, I definitely don't want to sit in front of a therapist, but a book seems safe. Um... I guess I, I'm I'm open to it. I'm open. All right, baby. Well, I'll definitely do that for you. Listeners, if you can relate to this story and would like to get more information, you can order your copy of I Need to Talk But Not to a Therapist today from Amazon. And please make sure to leave a review. Hey there, it's Therapist Tierra, and if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find this one and more by searching for Therapist Tierra wherever you get your podcasts. If you're still not open to seeing a therapist, trust me, I get it. I've made it easy for you to get prepared to start or think about starting therapy. I'd like to encourage you to check out my book, which is available on Amazon. It's called I Need the Dog but not to a therapist. Yep, you got it. It's called I Need to Talk, but not to a therapist. I Need to Talk, but not to a therapist. Y'all, it's a user guide for people on the fence about starting therapy. I need you to know it's my heart, and I need you to remember that what's not addressed will create a mess along the generational line. Let's link arms and cleaning some stuff up that, you know, needs to be uprooted and new things that need to be planted. I look forward to seeing you in our next session. Bye.